Oh, do it better for Jesus. Do it better for him. I open up to, to you. Lift your voices tonight and connect. to him tonight. Ask the spirit of God. I want you to connect and lift your voices and your hearts and spirit to him tonight. That God will infuse the power of the spirit into your spirit tonight. That we are not living in here this same. We give you glory. We give you thanks, Lord. We bless you. We open our spirit to you, O oh God. We say, have your way tonight. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Shall we humbly take our seat? I open up to give you glory. We give you thanks. Take us from where we are, Lord, and send us to where we belong in Jesus' mighty name. And somebody will say, Amen. Oh, I can't hear your voice at all. Can we put our hands together for the Lord again this evening? We want to thank the Lord and our area head, Apostle Say and Mama, and then also our district pastor and our mommy, Rebecca, for the opportunity to be here with you tonight. I believe that your life will never be the same. I believe by Sunday, your chapter will be open. Everything that is written about you for 2023, God is bringing it to book. And God is bringing it to remembrance. And divine speed shall be your portion. God is going to restore us 
and make sure he stabilizes us at the place of our destiny. Tonight, I want to deal with divine restoration through the mystery of Jesus. And tomorrow, I'll be dealing with the rain. So tonight, I'm dealing with divine restoration through the mystery of Jesus. And then tomorrow, I'll be dealing with the rain, the former and the latter rain. So shall we say divine restoration through the mystery of Jesus? I want to hear your voice. Divine restoration through the mystery of Jesus. Yeah, so we're going to take some scriptures from the Bible. We're going to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to read some few quotations. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10 to 12. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10 to 12. John chapter 10 and the verse 10. John 10 and the verse 10 and then 1 Peter chapter 5 and then the verse 10. 1 Peter chapter 5, the verse 10. But taking first Hebrews chapter 10 and then 10 to 12. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties, again and again he offers the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But when this priest, can somebody say amen? But when this priest had offered for all, all time, one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. But when this priest that is, Jesus Christ had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins. He sat down at the right hand of God. A better amen. amen. Then we take in John chapter 10, verse 10, which is a very popular quotation. I know even if you don't look at your Bible, you can read it. Or you can say that is the thief comes only to steal. Or Satan comes only to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, overflowing abundantly. So we see two things happening here. One person comes, and when he comes, he causes disorder, pain, frustration, confusion. And after he has finished, or he finishes whatever he wants to do, another follow-up person also comes. But thank God that God allows in his wisdom, he always allows the devil to come and mess up your life and my life. And after he has done that, he comes back and he allows Jesus to come and correct the mess. So it doesn't matter what we have gone through. It is good that we have been called and positioned this week here to seek the face of the Lord through prayer, through humbling ourselves, through fasting and through opening up so that everything that has been taken from us will be restored. So it is very good as we were told just now that it is very important for us to come to the presence of the Lord throughout the whole week. And I know that everybody is involved. So if the priest is leading us to position ourselves 
so that God can restore us, then we know definitely there shall be a, a divine restoration. So we see two personalities here. And then we go to 1 Peter chapter 5 and then the verse 10. And the God of all grace, who called you to this eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered for a little while, he himself will restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Amen. There was this, our member, who married for 12 years. And after 12 years, they prayed, they fasted, they, do, they did everything, but they never had issues. And then, you know, naturally, Ghanaians and Africans, our background, somebody marries and there was no issue, they laugh at them. Even the church laugh at them. You know, people in the church, they will present as if they love you. They laugh at them. The community laugh at them. Friends laugh at them. Their own family laugh at them. Everybody laugh at them. Because for 12 years, if you are not producing anything, it means you are barren. So people laugh at them because they thought that God has forgotten them. But God never forget his own. And after 12 years, God triggered in the heavens divine restoration, a mechanism called divine restoration. And the 12 years, at the 12th year, restored to these members three children on the spot. Can I prophesy over your life that tonight and this week and this year, something, something, something Something beyond what you have even asked for. Because God is able to do more than all we need tonight is just to reposition ourselves. So when we are saying restoration, anytime we are here, restoration, revival, renewal, reposition, refreshment, it means the thing is there. So reposition simply means bring it to the original place. Because if you open a tap here, and there was no bucket here, and you open the tab, the water will fall to the ground. So, or maybe you have repositioned, or you brought the bucket somewhere here. So, the moment you open the bucket, the water cannot find the bucket, and the water will drip to the ground. So, to reposition that thing, to receive the water, you just have to bring the bucket and put it under, and reposition it so that that water can fall into it. That is what we are doing this week. So, all the exercise we are going through, we are just repositioning and coming for God doing things that God wants us to do and not doing things God doesn't want us to do. So that by the end of the day, we reposition ourselves. So that everything God has spoken about, anybody here, by his own power, he would trigger that mechanism and system in heaven called divine restoration. Because you see, if you go to the Old Testament, in the Olden Testament, Anybody who sinned will have to pay for his sin. So if you sin of any kind, the priest will not sit down. So the Bible said day after day, say day after day. So day after day, the Bible says that the priest stands. He doesn't sit down. So he stands to perform sacrifices for his people. So if somebody fornicated or stole something, the person comes, you bring your sacrifices, and then you lay your hand, and then the priest will cause that sacrifice to be done on your behalf. And then your sins will be transferred onto the animal, and then God will accept it. But when you went back to town, or you went to, back to Carnation or anywhere, and you will sin again, 
the next day, you have to still come back with another sacrifice. So in case the whole week you continue sinning from Monday to Sunday, every day you have to bring it. So for instance, this one brought down and then I finished and then I went inside to rest. Before I realized, I will hear, I go, where is Papa? The priest. So the high priest comes back again and then so the Bible says he never sits down day after day. The priest stands. So that any time they sin, it was for the priest to stand in between the people and God. So the priest will make sure he brings the required sacrifice to make sure he pacifies God. And then God will accept the people and restore them. Because anytime they sin, they lost everything. They lost their blessing. They lost their spiritual covering, the divine covering they had. They lost it. They went to captivity and many things happened. At times, the priest will lead them and make sure that he brings them he will, uh, he, he, he will sound the trumpet and make sure he brings them to the presence of God to concentrate themselves through prayer and through fasting. And after they have done all that, whatever they have lost, God will restore it back. So in our context and in the New Testament, the Bible said, but when the priests had done that severally, they couldn't solve the issue because they were using the blood of animals to pacify and to ask and make sure they covered that sin. But there was another priest who came, Makai Sataya. I said there was another better priest who came. So the one the Old Testament priest couldn't perform and couldn't answer to the fullest, there was another priest who came in the person of Jesus Christ. And he came to make sure he will bring us a lasting restoration. I say, he will bring us a lasting restoration. So, what is restoration? Restoration simply means the action of returning something to former owner. The action of returning something to a former owner. A place or condition. Rebuilding, reclaiming, recovering, reviver, Rehabilitation. So, restoration simply means the action of returning something to a former owner. A place or condition. Rebuilding, reclaiming, and then recovering or rehabilitation. And then, it is the process by which God went through to restore humanity after the fall. So, the process by which God went through to restore us to our original position. Because as I told you from the beginning, if the devil passes here just now, you will know that the devil has passed here because he will make sure that all these things here, he will scatter them. If the devil passes here just now, he passes here just now, everything here, he will scatter everything. So you ask yourself, who has passed here? So you see that there's a mess, there's a confusion there. And any time, that's what I said, that any time he does that, God was sitting down just looking at him quietly. Because God knows that whatever mess he creates, he's able and has the capacity and ability to make sure he takes the mess and change it for our mercy. So as you sit here, any mess in your life, as we come before him this week, he will answer us. I say he will answer us. I say he will answer us. So, there was the necessity for divine restoration. There was the necessity for divine restoration. Why? Because, number one, 
We are sinners by nature. Man is a sinner by nature. So anytime somebody is born, when Adam sinned, that sin affected everybody. So when Adam sinned, as we are all aware, that sin has affected everybody. So when a woman is even pregnant in the womb, that baby is even a sinner. So David said, I was born in sin. So we are conceived even in sin. So by nature, the necessity for restoration is that by nature, everybody is a sinner. Number two, we are sinners by practice. We are sinners by practice. So it means that almost everybody has a way or almost commits one way or another a kind of a sin. Whether even a small child, you will not teach a small child how to sin, but the child even knows how to sin. So we are sinners by choice. We are sinners by practice. And then number three, because of the death penalty. Because of the death penalty. So because of these things, there's the necessity for a divine restoration. We are sinners by nature. We are sinners by practice. We are because of the death penalty. So there was the need for Christ now to come and restore us. Oh. I said there was the need for Jesus to step in. So for us to understand, now the four Gospels in the Bible introduces us to how this Jesus now stepped out. Because you see, we never knew how the whole story of the restoration happened. All we know is that Jesus died for us. But how did the process, how did the process that God went through to restore us happen? So you see that when Matthew was opening the chapter, Matthew was taking us from where he was talking us and then trying to link to, for us to understand who Jesus was. So Matthew was telling us that about 14 generations from Abraham to David was 14 generations. Then he said from David to uh, the, the Babylon a captivity was also another 14 generation. Then he said from the generation or from the Isaiah to the Messiah was also 14 generation. So Matthew was trying to help us to know the beginning of Christ, but that is not the thing. Then Mark also comes in to also quickly jump in and then went on to start talking about the baptism and other things and quickly went to Jesus' public ministry and then conclude there and then went to the cross. Then Luke picks this information from the two. And then also try to prove that Jesus Christ was indeed a son of man. And then whatever they have said was true. But another fourth person called John, the Apostle John, had the revelation. And this evening I'm praying that you have the revelation. John said, all you have said, they are all good. But this Jesus you are talking was not like that. I can see him from in the beginning. This Jesus you are talking was not an ordinary human being who lived on earth. But before Abraham, before the beginning and the commencement, commencement of this creation, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And that word was God himself. So this Jesus you are talking and linking into Abraham and David and the Isaiah and all that, it is good. But I, I want to take it from another dimension and tell you that this restorer, this Jesus, in the beginning he existed before. So for him to come out of eternity to time, oh, 
he existed. So it is this man who is God himself. Then you come to three and say, by him all things were made. Without him, nothing has been made that has made. So anything on you, including you, is Jesus. The ring you wear, the gold, he made it. The shoe you wear, the animal you got it from, from the leather, he made it. I can describe and let you know that even the shirt and the dress you are wearing, the coating, he made it. And everything, including you yourself. So the Bible says, by him, all things were made by him. Without him, nothing. In heaven and on earth and under the earth was made. Then they go on to 14 and say, and that word became flesh. Now, how can that word that is unseen comes into reality? What was for the purpose? The purpose was for this divine restoration so that man has fallen. Man was placed on a glorious note to represent God and have dominion. Then the enemy comes and makes sure he convinces man and takes man from where they put man. And now man falls down, and man lies down, and man sits down. And man is now entrapped in disgrace and in frustration. So man needed somebody to restore and bring man back to originality. It doesn't matter where you are. And it doesn't matter what has happened and delayed your time. This week, as we pray, we humble ourselves and we fast. As we rend our hearts to him. God is bringing another restoration. And God is going to change your story as never before. And people will look at you and ask, hey, Noah. and then you yourself cry, I don't even know whether it is me myself. So this God, who was in eternity, we have the Father, the Son, and then the Holy Spirit. And I always say that, then Jesus has to come out Look at me very well. This God is coming out. Can I get three, three young men here? I like illustration very much. That will make you, even if you don't understand anything, take it. Quickly come here. Can you stand here? Just hold your hands. So this is very, you are taller, so you will be God, the Father. <laughs> yeah, you, no, hold, hold. Now, <laughs> So you see, we have the God, the Father, God, the Son, God the Holy Ghost, but they are one. You know the Trinity story? We have the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, but they are one. This God is inside this God. This one is here. This one is here. This one can never fulfill or do anything without this one. This one never does anything without this one. So this one is inside this one. So Jesus said, I am in the Father. The Father is in me. So Jesus can never come here to earth to restore man and bring our blessings and our healing and our deliverance without coming, coming alone unless he comes with the Holy Spirit. Now, these people in the beginning, these three in one personality, they live in eternity. Nobody has seen them. Nobody knows them. And now, now they are bringing man to earth. And they knew that man will go through a problem. So they have already placed a system that they are going to restore man when man fell. Now, when the time came, this son has to step out from eternity 
and come here. So I, I always say that one day when the sun was coming, I believe that he would stand up like this. And then the angels of heaven will look at me and say, Daddy, where are you going? They say, I'm going down there. They say, why? They say, the people, they have fallen. I'm going there. I have to step down. So the Bible said he left his glory. That's kenosis. So he has to take off his glory. So they'll be looking at, I say, wish a jacket. No, yeah, too. I'll say, ah, now I'm going down there because the people, my children have fallen. And you know, no matter the thousands of angels in heaven, God is always not satisfied and cannot be happy when man falls. So anytime man is not in a proper relationship with God, so God will do everything. Now God left God. So God came out of God. Now God is stepping here. He needs flesh. So he put human flesh on him. Now in between that time, I wish I would get a mother and a baby. Do I have a mother and baby here? Come, let me show you something. A mother and baby, quickly come. She's coming. Yes, I'm showing something. Yes. Oh, put your hands together for her. I'm giving you some physical illustration. Thank you, mama. A beautiful mama and a beautiful son. Now look at me. This man, God, in the beginning was the word, the word was God, and the word was with God. Now this word, in the eternity, was not called Jesus. It was when Isaiah prophesied that because of restoration, the virgin will be with a baby, and they call it Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Then Matthew 1.23 says, you call him Jesus. Because he will save his people. Now this son is stepping out of eternity to time. But he needs to go through processes. So that he can come close to us and be, become Emmanuel. So this son has to now, between the transition. This son, God, has to change and become a man. How possible is that? The guy who was leading us was telling us that with God, all things are possible. Now, God needed a pure blood, but on earth, nobody had that pure blood. Then God also now has to manufacture and have a factory in heaven to produce his own purest, holiest blood. But the Bible also says that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So in other words, there is no blood in heaven. But for the purpose of restoration, God has to produce his own blood. This Jesus, who was God and is God, is becoming man. Now he has to become a baby into Mary. Crossing over, now God has to do everything, whether by smuggle or by what, to make sure he crosses for Mary to have that pure blood. So the Holy Spirit takes over. And Mary becomes pregnant. And this baby is born. Now listen. This baby. Oh, how can a mighty God. How? Become a baby. But the mystery here. Is that. This baby is older than the mother. 
This baby is the same person who created the mother. By him, all things were made. Without him, nothing has been made that has been made. So this baby created the mother. This baby created the breast. This baby created the womb. But this baby, for the purpose of divine restoration, has to, this God, the same person, has to become this one. And Connor go and lie down in the same tomb, a womb he created, and slept in the womb for nine months. Connor, look at how God can come and become a baby. Listen, I stand here. If you put this boy inside me, because I'm taller than him or bigger. But can this boy, can you put me inside this boy? <laughs> so this huge God, like putting a bucket in a barrel is possible. But if you are putting a barrel in a bucket, it's impossible. But the Bible says with God, all things are possible. So this baby who is God, mightier and bigger, like a barrel, like man's size, now has to become small and enter this one. Meanwhile, he's bigger than this one. But for the purpose of restoration and coming back to restore us, crossing over. And we don't hear anything about this boy when he was born. Before we realize 12 years, this boy who is the same as God, the word, now has gotten a name. You will call him this boy, Jesus. So this word, which was unseen and spoken in the Old Testament, where Isaiah and Co said, that says the word, the Lord. And nobody saw the word. Now has become flesh. That word became flesh. At the age of 12, we saw the boy in the chapel or in the synagogue. Then we never saw the boy again before we realized it was 30 years. Now, when the boy became 30, the Bible says, unto us this child is born. But this child was not given to us for the purpose of restoration until the child became 30 years. Why? In Israel's history, every child, when they became 30, the father will come to the community and make announcement to the community that my son, James Kwabna Sare, is now 30 years. So everything of mine belongs to him. It's like only the baby demand here. So he is the now the, 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 the apparent head to the throne. So the father will come and make that commitment and introduction to the community. Listen to me. Then came to Jesus. For me and you and the whole world to know the father of Jesus Christ. That it is not Joseph who gave birth to Jesus. But that the source of this blood is coming from the father. God himself at the age of 30. During the baptism, God himself came to the sin. And make announcement to the whole world. And said, This is my own son, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased, listening to him. In other words, God is telling the whole Israel and you and I that this child, the blood, is from him. So that we know that the real source of Jesus, the blood, it's not from anybody. You can prove with anybody who brings that argument to you from this explanation. Jesus is not, is, is not from God or his blood is Joseph, the one who gave birth to it. Tell her, the, the person or him or her, that 
because you have the fat. That God is the real father because God supplied the blood. So God himself made an introduction. Then Jesus at the age 30. Thank you, mommy. Put your hands together for them. God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus. Shall we wave them as they take their seat? Then God at the age of 30, Jesus comes around in preparation to restore us, goes and starts preaching. And now tell people that you have a head that they said, that shall not commit adultery, that shall not steal, that shall not kill, but now I see. But now I who is the I? The word. You see, in the Old Testament, when Jeremiah and Isaiah and the prophet said, that says the Lord. When somebody comes here and said, Apostle say, Apostle say, and always brings the announcement and announces and say, Apostle says, Apostle says. But you have never seen the person, but you have heard. A baby baby crying, you'll be fed that because you don't even know the person. So, Asemono, you will take it somehow. And you may not believe it very well. Now, that assembled the word, the word, the word, that was hidden and nobody knew the word, became flesh. And the word was now within us. And the word was saying that you people have heard about the word. But now the word himself, me, me, I'm here, word, you know, I am on earth here, I'm here. I have come to explain to you what you didn't hear. In the kingdom of God, the standard of the law, the Olden Testament, and grace in the New Testament, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, the New Covenant is higher than the Old Covenant. So when we live under grace, the covenant of grace, the standard of our living is higher. So as we are fasting and we are praying, God is bringing us closer to himself so that we become like God. So Jesus, there was a man who was giving a testimony of an experience he had in heaven. He said that, I was watching TBN. And the man said, he went to heaven. And when he went to heaven, he went, Jesus saw him, and then Jesus took him to a library. And then Jesus was giving him uh, two, three books. But Jesus gave him two and told him that he should go and finish the two. And then later, he will bring him the one. Listen to him. He said, when Jesus has turned and Jesus was going to sit down, he, the man in heaven, thought in his mind that, ah, if I, I can take the third one. You understand the story? So the man was saying that, yeah, money me and I hear money too. And Jesus said that, you go and finish the two. And then I will come and add the one. But as Jesus was going to sit down, the man sat and stood in front of the the bookshelf, and look at something like this and say, ah, I wish I would take the, the third one. Then according to him, he said the moment he thought that within his mind, he has not even spoken to. He said the whole thing was in heaven like I'm using the mic. Everybody in heaven, including Abraham and David and everybody, everybody was hearing what he was thinking in heaven. And he said the thing was just a mystery to him because, and, and then when he said that, I was checking the thing, the story with the Bible. 
And you realize that in the Bible, when Jesus was on earth, anytime people gathered, the Jews, and they were thinking, they were saying something, they have not even spoken. Then Jesus will ask them, I didn't think I'm with him. So the guy was telling us that it's like heaven is so sensitive, it's so powerful. One the king came to my house at Inquanta and he was weeping. He said, Papa, and I said, What? When he dreamt, he was going to heaven, a deacon. And when he got, got to the point, the angel said, I will not let you enter. Then he said, Oh, I'm a deacon. He said, Yes, I know you're a deacon. He <laughs> said, Yes, I know you're a deacon. I said, Let me go in. He said, oh, No, I'm not, I'm not letting you go in. He said, Why? He said, I sweep in the, in, the, in, the, in the church. I clean. I rent chairs. I go to church. He said, yes, I can see all. But I can't. There is a small lust in your heart. And because of that, you cannot enter. He said, in the dream, when he opened his eyes, he wept and wept and came to my house to tell me. In fact, when he was telling me, I'm shaky. No, you see, the point I'm bringing us to understand that the first thing we are fasting, the prayer we are praying, it is, it is intentional. It is something we, we must do. We are doing it to prepare ourselves for our flight. I said we are doing it to prepare ourselves for our flight. So we are, we are on a flight to heaven, number one. And then God also wants to bless us to succeed here. So we need to make sure between us and God, there is nothing that can hinder or limit us or block us or prevent us. So, as we pray tonight, this Jesus, who is the word, says that when we say that somebody has even fornicated, we think that I just only need to go there and then maybe have an affair there before we hear, we call it fornication or adultery. But according to Jesus, he said, you said, but I say, now, so in heaven, when even a girl passes by and you somehow you were not intentional and then something went on wrong in your mind. It's like you have already finished the thing. It's like, why are you born in a way? So you look at the standard of the Old Testament and the New Testament. So I was trying to bring us from the point of the Old Testament when, when people sin, where they went through. And then our time, when we take sin for granted, where, what also we go through. That our standard has been lifted so much that we must not take sin for granted. And that as we have been called to come and position ourselves in prayer, we must take it seriously because at the end of the day, when we have done that, oh, God will deal with us so beautifully and so nicely. Amen. Now, so as we pray now, what are some of the benefits of restoration? As I finish my word and we pray, the benefit of restoration, the benefit of restoration, the benefit of restoration. It means that, number one, when Jesus came and then now went to the cross, at the age of 30, the Bible says, unto us a child is born and then unto us a son is given. When, as I said, when he was 30, the father introduced him to the community or to the world and then gave him out. 
na hindi dana beti so obe freno se o now, now, Jesus at the thirty, at the age of thirty, look at God going through the process I illustrated. Then he becomes thirty and is given to the world. And then the whole world is placed on him to go to the cross and die. So the Bible said, the Old Testament in the Old Covenant, the priest daily goes and comes and performs, but he never finishes. Then Jesus comes at the age of 30. One touch. In the Olden Testament, there was the offerer and there was the offering. But in the new package and the new covenant, Jesus himself was both the offerer and then offering. So now he goes to the cross and died. Took everything that you and I have done. So if you have even murdered or killed or you were a witch and you ate about 2,000 souls or 2,000 human beings, that blood which I spoke about that the Father has to manufacture from heaven into Christ, that blood on the cross paid for your sins. So as we sit here, we have been sanctified and purified by the blood of Jesus. Oh, can you put your hands together for him? So the benefit we have from Jesus' work, number one, is that there's restoration of our relationship. The relationship that was broken from the beginning through sin by the enemy, now God has, Jesus has brought us back to originality. So now our relationship with God is intact. Oh, I say your relationship with God is intact. And we will remain the same. Number two, we have new spirit and then new nature. That nature, I told you that we are by sinners by nature. Now, the Bible says, when somebody's in Christ, it's a new, a new, so now we are new creation. So now we are no more sinners. We are no more sinners. So don't let us see ourselves as sinners. Let us do everything to avoid sin and live like Christ. If you read the Bible, Matthew chapter 5, 48, when Jesus was teaching that thing and said, now I said, now I said, now I said, if you read it, you see many, many things. By the time he was finishing, he said, be perfect as God is perfect. So our standard and our prayer this week is that, I say, Jesus. So the model and the standard is we want to be like him. Number three, we have received new spiritual and physical blessings of all kinds. New physical, spiritual and physical blessings, including health. God has restored our health. He has restored Blessings. He has restored. It must be well. So, so if your business is falling, I speak and I prophesy that the business will come back to life. Because there's a divine restoration through Christ. And then we have new authority. Our authority was taken from us. 
But the Bible says you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So God has restored power to us. Oh, I said God has restored power to us. Again, we have the power to fulfill our destiny. The power to fulfill our destiny. Everybody seated here has been called and wired to become somebody. And I want to tell you and prophesy over you that God will see you and make sure you fulfill your destiny to the fullest. Anything the enemy wants to put across, we are going to pray just now that God will take it away. As we have prayed and we are coming and we are humbling ourselves to him, he will give us the power, he will empower us to make sure we prosper. He will make sure at your work, they will promote you than somebody who is there. God will make sure that whatever he has called you to become and to do, you become that thing before you die. 